The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters and uh, as always it's a beautiful day in the valley I'm happy to do the show um, I want to start off this show today first of all I just want to say uh, based upon a couple things that that happened uh, the other day one thing in particular happened the other day uh, I think it was a confirmation that in, indeed that uh, my fellow uh, fraternity brother friend uh, NFL alumni uh, brother uh, Dave Dorson indeed did have uh, CTE and as as a result of that it affected um, some of uh, his decision making and uh, just uh, lifestyle period uh, his ability to live a, a life of quality because um, uh, that disease deadly disease obviously was uh, had taken over or at least started affecting um, him and I just want to continue to honor him I want to continue to support him I want to continue to support the league and all that are involved to try to find a cure and uh, at least uh, the, the research to continue it's it's uh, a shame that uh, something such as this that has affected so many men and, and probably will continue to affect many more until there's a cure and uh, the the most um, troubling thing is the only way the research can be done is once uh, someone has passed. So, um, just again, shout out to to my brother up there in heaven. I know he's looking down on me, and uh, I'm looking up at him. So, hey, now on the other hand, I, I want to move to something very positive. Uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit about some NBA later on. I'm gonna talk about some golf, but right now I want to talk about some millionaires. There's some brand new millionaires, and <laughs> uh, Cam got his money first. Uh, Cam got his money first, and uh, there were some people that thought he would and, and others who thought he would not, but certainly uh, he, he got it, and uh, sometimes, you know, coming to the league, you think you've earned it uh, when you get it, but indeed, that is not the way it is, and uh, I got somebody in the studios with me today, and we're going to talk a whole lot about that. Uh, at this time, I want to welcome my friend, your friend of this network, if you listen to this show, uh, Kelvin Fisher, scout from the Steelers. Fish, man, glad to have you back. And, you know, I think you need to keep coming because every year you come in here, y'all go to the Super Bowl. Now, y'all, you know, you know, y'all make it to the playoffs or you go to the Super Bowl, AFC Championship game. You ain't missed a beat since you've been coming to the show. So I, I welcome you, man. And let me ask you, you're here today. 
uh, draft was just over with. Uh, I know you were there, uh, you know, in the war room and all that time. You know, I know you were stressed out a little bit. How do you feel now that it's all said and done? I feel good. I feel good with our picks. Um, I feel good with the way we set everything up. You know, so now it's just time to wait and see what they do on the field, the, the guys we pick. Well, you know I feel good because uh, y'all got another scar in the grave, young man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I feel good whenever you do that. Uh, but let me ask you something. I, I mean, you, you, I'm, you'll tell us what you can't tell us, but uh, did you guys really expect that, 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 that Cam would be there at that pick? I mean, did you, when you looked at your board and, and perhaps maybe uh, you could explain to us, you got your board, but maybe you could explain to us too. Do you have any idea what somebody else's board might look like? you have any indication of what the other team's boards might look like? Uh, we really don't have any indication of what other team's board look like. But I think for the majority, I think the top 15 to 20 players, everyone have them in the top 15 or 20. Uh, I don't know where. Like some teams may have Cam Newton number one. Mm-hmm. Some teams may have Cam Newton number seven. Mm-hmm. You know, Some teams may have uh, Hayward at number 20 you know some teams may have them at number 10 so it you know it it doesn't really for us matter what other teams do right we follow our board and and you know it was two players on the board that we we liked a lot at that 31st pick Mm -hmm. and we took one of them well let me first of all I, i want you know Many times these terms are thrown around loosely. Like everybody thinks everybody knows, you know, what you're talking about. Particularly this term, bo- everybody's bored, you know. And, and, and it just really starts flowing freely off the lips of everybody. I would say in the past, you know, five years, you know, people are talking about our board and, and sticking to our board and, and, and our board being true to our board and, and, and not, you know, moving away from that. Now, explain to everybody when you say a board. I mean, because there's some people really truly don't know what you mean by that fish. Explain to them when you're sitting in that war room, what, what is your board and what does that board look like? What might we see on that board? It's, it's the top 96 players, top 150 players, top 250 players. It's, it, it's every player that you have in your development, which is, which is your board. I mean, it goes from number one to number 500. So, um, like I said, Cam could have been number one. Mm-hmm. And some guy from Arizona State could have been number 250. Okay. You but know? everybody's board so, is different. So, so in your room, let's say you got the top, let's say 100 players. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and if you, you got the top 100 players, and if you got a person that's considered number one. Now, some things may make sense to people, some things they may not. If number one of all the categories and all the players is Cam Newton, and for some reason he's there and you guys already got Ben Roethlisberger, you're not going to take him. You're going to take the player based upon your personal board as to what is the what we're looking for at this particular time. Or are you taking the best if the best player well, in the draft is still available, we're going to take him? How's if Cam work? Newton would have been there for the 31st pick, I'm sure we would have took Cam Newton. Okay. I okay. mean, just because he was, you know, obviously rated high. Mm-hmm. Um you know, sometimes you have options. You may have three or four different players, and they're all kind of rated the same. You know, it, it may be number 11, 12, 13, or 14. Um, and then at that point, that get, that's a luxury. That, that gives you a chance to say, okay, now we got, what, we got the best player in the position to take. 
let's take a guy who we need to play right now. And see, and the reason why I ask that question because you know some people, and I'm I'm gonna say this, and again, I'm not asking you to you know to to give me an answer for what you think they were thinking about. But Reggie Bush was caught off guard, I'm pretty sure. When, when Mark Ingram was taken, I think it caught Reggie by surprise. Reggie even, you know, his little twit thing or whatever he did, you know, it was good. And, and when, when something like that happens, a, a great player, and you see that the pl- that player is there, I guess sometimes you might have to deviate from what you say. It's like, how could I pass up a player like that? And, and that could have been something like the Saints may have been thinking, well, how can you pass up a great running back like that? It's just going to make our team better. It, you know, do you do or if you or if you need go in and saying that's we needed a defensive end. Even if Reggie Bush is there, we're not going to take him. We're going to take what we need. Or do you guys really take the, the very best player that's out there available at that uh, particular time? I, I think you always take the best players and. And the reason for that is you can never, you can never have too many good to great players. Never. I don't care what position. You can have multiple running backs. If they're all great, that means you're, they're going to help your team be great. So, I mean, I just don't think that you can ever take um, too many good players. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a Reggie Bush and there's a Mark Ingram there, and you take a Mark Ingram, now you have a Mark Ingram and a Reggie Bush, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So well, with that being said, both of those guys is going to help you win game. And, I, and again, I, I, again uh, I, I never advocate for the devil, so I'm not going to say that. But just from a different perspective, there are people out there who always say, like in a draft when Tom Brady was on the board, and all those teams passed him up. Uh, it Was it that Tom wasn't rated that high at, the, at that time, and that's why he was passed up? Or was it just that... Uh, teams felt they had a quarterback and no reason to take a Tom Brady. I, I just think that Tom Brady wasn't rated that high. Okay. And and obviously uh, 31 teams made a mistake mm-hmm. by, by passing them up for six rounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, but with that being said, I mean, sometimes you just don't know that Tom Brady was going to end up being Tom Brady. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Tom Brady could have went to the San Francisco 49ers and just been Tom Brady, right? You know, without three Super Bowls or, or you know, or four appearances or whatever. But I, I just think that you know, when when teams pass up a guy, you know, and, and mul- you know, multiple teams pass him up. Well, let's, let's let's look back. New England passed him up five rounds. I, I I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. <laughs> so I mean, obviously they didn't think you know that he was that good. To draft until the sixth round, too. Now, you know, you know, I'm going someplace with this fish. The reason why I say this is because, you know, many times you and I have our conversations about things kind of off the air. Um, but you're one of those people that are in position, and you bring that information back. You bring the information. You share this information. There's an evaluation made. Then there's a decision that's made. Um, I want to ask you about this. Many times, there's some people who get themselves caught up and some stuff off the field. Not to say that that happened to any of the players in this year's draft, but let's just just talk in general. How much in an in, account do you take for, or do you account for what happens to these players off the field, particularly today with so much money being invested? How much is character a part of well, your decision? I think you evaluate the player first. I mean, if he's a good player, he's a good player, regardless of the character. And then I think, when you go into your meetings, you discuss the, the character. I mean, you can remember back years ago when Randy Moss came out, there was a lot of character stuff flying around. He didn't get drafted where he should have. Denny, Dennis Green said, hey, I want to take this guy. I got Chris Carter on my staff. We can deal with this guy. We can help this guy. And you know what? 
they did. Mm. So, so is it is it your job as a scout when you're out there? Is it your scout? Is it your job as that scout to gather all that information, including the off the field issues that are connected to this player, so that they'll be taken into consideration when it comes draft day? It, it is. It is my job to get as much character information that I can. Um, I mean, some things is confidential, so you can't get it. You know, until that kid. You know that player say certain things, or or if it just if it comes out, you know. But it's, it's my job to get as much character information, and that's a big part of our job. I mean, going through the web, going through um, websites, and and look, pull, you know, pulling guys' names up, getting information, talking to coaches, talking to professors, talking to tutors, talking to academic advisors. I mean, talking to strength coaches, talking to as many people you can especially when it's a red flag and you're trying to get information. But, I mean, sometimes you don't get it all, but it, eventually it comes out. Well, see, th- those are some of the things that I-, I wanted you to share with our audience because many times, you know, we just look at the football player. We, we, and the football player on the football field is what we as fans are looking for. And, and when somebody's sliding and something's going on, we don't have all that information that you may have. And and that may be taken may be taken into consideration when it comes to that person being drafted. Looks like we got to take a break. I hear a little music in the background. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. Got my man Kelvin Fisher, one of the top scouts in the NFL, with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now with us, and we'll be right back after this break. flagship station for sports voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
Okay, we're back. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, talking to my man Kelvin Fisher, uh, talking about the draft, talking about character. We haven't talked about reloading, not rebuilding. So let's talk a little bit about reloading. You got your, you know, all the bullets in the, whatever, well, that's, we can't say bullets, but you, you got your ammunition. You, or at least you went into the draft looking to get additional ammunition. Did you come out with what you, what you felt uh, you needed? Because you, I think you were only like a series away from, from, you know, from the Super Bowl, you know. And so well, how, how, do you, how are you guys feeling about the draft? Of course you got Big Cam, but you got some other people too. Uh, was it a good draft for you? We, we feel like it was a good draft for us. Um, I Not would I really ever get you to say it wasn't fish. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I guess I kind of set myself up for that. But, but go ahead. But, no, but I mean, no. it's, I feel like we got seven quality players. And I feel like we have, I mean, you know, and sometimes your fifth, sixth, seventh round guys, people don't hear about because they become special team players. But uh, we, we we got a guy last year that was, that was really good on special teams. And he was our fifth round pick. So I look forward to seeing those Later picks, guys contribute in a different way, and I and I look forward to those top picks, guys that's going to contribute that everyone to see on offense and defense. So when I look at our draft, I feel like we we did well once again, um, and and I, I don't think I've been there where I walked out of the building and felt like uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure about this guy, I'm not sure about that guy this year. You know, I walked out and I felt sure about everyone, just like I did last year and the year before and the year before that. Um, but, you know, everyone, it, it's interesting. I want, I'm going to look up the grades because, you know, the gurus will give out grades. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously that's Mel Kuyper, Todd Mache, and, and, and those other guys. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what their grade is on our on our drive. Well, I'm gonna tell you one thing. I, I I was surprised that you know is you know this is this is really becoming a league. It's a passing league. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I think you guys got some you know pretty decent receivers. But man, how long y'all gonna keep Hines? Is Hines gonna ever retire? I mean, <laughs> I mean, he he, he hey. came through in the clutch in in in, in the, in the uh, playoff game. But but. I'm thinking that sooner or later there has to be a replacement for Heinz, only because I don't think the man's body can continue to take, you know, the punishment that that he's taking, man. So you know, I don't want to call Heinz out, but I'm just thinking you guys got to be thinking Heinz gonna walk in one day and tell y'all that y'all been great to me, but I, I'm I like dancing with the stars or <laughs> whatever that is. You know? <laughs> well, whenever he decides to do that, I think I think we'll be ready to reload, mm-hmm. you know, and I always talk to you about reloading and not rebuilding. Right. Um, I mean, Hines is a great player. Hines has been a great player for many years. Um, so I, I'm i not waiting for Hines to come in and say I'm retiring because, I mean, I enjoy watching Hines play. Right. But when that day comes, I think we'll be prepared, you know, for it. I think we'll have someone ready to step in his position. Now, we may not ever have a player like Hines were, and what I mean by that, the physical player that he is, you know. Mm. But – you know, you, you you can replace him with the receiver eventually that can catch some of the balls that he that he's catching. But I mean as far as going across the middle and hitting the linebacker in the mouth and, and hitting the safety in the mouth and things like that, I don't know if you can ever replace that because that's something that's special that that, that come around once every ten, fifteen years. I mean, when you play, I don't know if you can that you might have had one receiver that you played against that you knew he would come and hit you, right? You know, um, 
and that's who that, that's that's Heinz Ward, you know. Well, I tell you what, he, he's done it for a long time, man. And I I just thought that perhaps maybe you know uh, you know receiver, uh, Big Ben sooner or later. Big Ben's going to you know Ben gets beat up, you know. Uh, ben has a, a lot more left in the tank than than Hines does, but uh, you know, stretching the field. You guys got the young man, you know, last year who performed well, who stretched, got all kind of speed. And I, mm-hmm. I just can't think of his name right Mike now. Mike Wallace. Yeah, Mike's got all kind of speed, man. My God, I mean, I, uh, forty times, which I know you're not big on forty times, but can you give me a forty <laughs> time on Mike? What is man, he? I, you have any the, any clue of what he's the, running fish? I think at the combine he was a four three guy, yeah. four two nine, four three yeah, oh, four looks, three two. Yeah, he looks like a, you know a sub four three. He, yeah. he really does. He, he definitely runs that speed when he's playing. And he plays. Yeah. See, that's a different. That's another thing. Some people don't play at what shows up on the oh, clock. Cop, Some people right. play much faster. But I think he plays true to what's coming up on that clock. Right, right. You know, I, I, I can definitely tell you that he takes the top off the coverage mm, when he's running those deep routes. Right, right. And 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 there ain't too many times that 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 uh, uh, Ben is going to overthrow him. Too right, many times. Right. But but Big Ben does have. Okay, so I mean, looking at the division, I mean, I, I know again, you guys only worry about your board. You don't worry about anybody else. But I know you had to, you know, when it was all over with a little bit, just you know, think about what some of the other guys are doing. Anybody in the conference you think had a good, you know. A good draft. I mean, I, I, I haven't really looked. Let's at, say the division. Let's I haven't really division. looked at like Baltimore's or or Cleveland or Cincinnati's draft. I mean, obviously they're they're first rounders. You know, everyone you see it and you're like, oh, good pick. You know, but um, I'm not really worried about that. I mean, that's up. That's that's the coach's job now to mm-hmm. worry about those picks, those players, those teams. Um, my deal is is that. You know, we got guys just as good or even better. I, again, that, that's one of those, um, you know, answers that I, I should anticipate when it comes to the competition because, again, you know, in that division, it's, it's still a division that's pretty much owned by you guys. I mean, again, it was right there for the taking, you know, and right. it's just uh, a, a series away, you know. And, and I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm waiting for the season to start, particularly to see you guys, because I know – with Ben being the kind of competitor he is, that last series of downs of which, you know, prevented you from going to, you know, the Super Bowl again is something I wish I know he wish he had the ball, you know, all over again. He'd like right. to have those those four series of downs back. Uh, but you can't do that, you know, and but that's what he's left with. And knowing that he's left with that in, in his in his in his mind. Uh, you know, uh, just being the competitor that he is. Uh, I think I heard Ben Preston be getting married sometime soon in this off season. Um, but I'm sure you feel, and everybody feels, Ben's going to come ready to work because he's got something to prove. Because that was again a year after he had, you know, some off the field stuff, and he came back. And uh, pretty much like uh, another person we're going to talk about a little bit later, he was right there for the takings. I mean, wow, man, that would have been, you know, a fairytale story if he could have got himself right back into the Super Bowl. So you feel Ben's going to come back ready to go? I I think Ben's going to come back and ready to go. Just like, I mean, beginning of the season, we didn't have him for the first, what, four or five games, four games. And, um and there's a lot of people out there that think we was going to even win four. I mean, win a game out of those four, and here we went three and one. Oh, you surprised a lot of so, people. No doubt. So I mean, when he came back, you know, it was just an added added plus for us. But you know, Ben is a competitor. He, he's very very competitive, and I think when he comes back, 
that loss of the Super Bowl will be in his mind, and he wants he wants to prove, not just to everyone else, but to his team, like, hey, I didn't get it done. Right. And it wasn't solely Ben's fault. I mean, no, you know, no. I mean, you had guys that didn't make catches. I mean, it, I mean, it was a lot to it. But he's gonna he he took that game on his shoulder. He took blame for it, and 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 it wasn't all Ben's fault. No, it, it wasn't. And uh, I was just happy to see him compete at the level. I mean, that's that's a lot of stuff on him, a lot on his shoulders. Able to perform, the team able to perform, and uh, it was, I mean, a damn competitive game. Damn good competitive game. Let me ask. You, let, let me change the subject a little bit. Uh, although go a different direction. We're gonna stay on the subject of football, obviously. But th- this is this is probably the first off season you've ever had like this, fish. Uh, with there being a lockout, you know, then the lockout being off, then the lockout is back on. You know, you talk about reloading. You talk about preparation. In, in your mind, what's gonna be the difference in the team that's gonna be able to come back and be successful? What, is, what does that team look like right now? What is that team doing right now to be able to come back and have an advantage over other teams uh, and, and push them into, you know, into the playoffs and perhaps maybe win the Super Bowl? What is it that, in, you know, you would be telling your team if you had a chance to speak with the guys or, or in your mind just, okay, the team that does what is a team that's probably going to end up in that Super Bowl next year? Well, I mean, I, the lockout, obviously there's no OTAs and – the OTAs is big for the young guys. And I think that's going to be, if we don't get this lockout done early enough to have OTAs, um, I think the younger guys, it's going to be about, it's going to be all about how fast they grasp the information and be able to go on the field and play football and know what they're doing than thinking why they play. Okay, now, and, and it's interesting you say that. So does, in, in your mind, and again, not necessarily talking about the Steelers, does that perhaps maybe limit the amount of young players that may play? Because, you know, my generation, of we didn't have the OTAs. You had to get that game book, that game plan together. You had to study it, and, and that's why a lot of people were more interested in students of the game of football, you know, because you could be the best athlete in the world. Yeah, you don't know the damn playbook. You don't do me no good on the field. Um, is is that going to make a difference in in terms of the amount of young players that's going to make it onto the football field next year? Will we see less production by uh, young players in the starting lineups, and 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 instead seeing them playing all special teams, or do you think there's going to be, you know, no, they're going to get on the field, they're going to learn the playbook, and you know, I think contribute. some, I think some is going to get on the field, and they're going to learn, and they're going to be ready to play, and I think there's going to be some at certain positions that. It's going to take a little longer time. They may not really step on the field and 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 play up to their ability until maybe like the sixth game, and seventh because, game. But because you, know? you guys, in your process of evaluation, you know, the student was very important to you when it came to them, the, the athlete applying himself to the book work. Did you guys take any of that in consideration on draft day? We, we, we I don't think we take take that in consideration on draft day, but I, we take that in consideration on part of their character. Okay. I mean, you got some guys who learn easy. You got some guys who need reps, need to go look on the board, take it off the board, go on the field, sit on the field, get reps. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you got some guys who take it off the board, go on the field, know exactly what they need to do. You got some guys that get in games and they're telling the coaches, this is what they're doing. This is what we need to do. This is what they're doing. This is what I'm seeing. You got coaches on the field. Right. I mean, so it's different guys 
and it's and, it, and it's the, the positions. You know, I mean, obviously your safeties are going to be smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless if they have a lockout or not, your your safety is going to step into the room. And he's going to pick it up pretty quick because he got to make calls, make a make checks, adjust, and, and things like that. Your quarterback is going to be smart. I mean, your center is going to be smart. I mean, those are guys who have who have to really be leaders. Your middle backer. You know, those are guys who got to line guys up and have them ready to go. Now, some of them young guys, it, and you know, Ray, how it is in the NFL, th- those those playbooks is double. Mm-hmm. And you have a short amount of time than you had in college to, to learn. I mean, you got to pick it up. I mean, you know, I remember my first year at camp, we learned five plays the first day, mm-hmm. five pass plays. In the second practice, we learned five new ones. Five, that's ten off. That's ten past him run. By the third day, they doing. They just calling plays at that point, and you got about thirty pass plays to thirty run plays. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it, it's 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 one of those deals where you really have to you have to learn quick. But those OTAs and those mini camps they help. Now, it, it, one last thing here, because again, we're gonna take a break here in about thirty seconds. But one last thing here, because of what happened, even though that 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 short. Um, time of which uh, the lockout was ended, and 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 the judge said, "Okay, no more lockout. You were not allowed or permitted to give them study materials at that particular no, time." No, I, I think I think some teams did it. Now I don't I don't know because obviously I was in meetings, but um, from just listening to ESPN, guys were coming in and getting playbooks. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so that could be an advantage to some teams. And, and that could be an advantage. Yeah. And I mean, but sometimes when you get a playbook, you look it up, and you don't have nobody explaining to you what's in that book. Sometimes it, you just your head is just spinning. Right. But at least you got a vision of what they're trying to do, and you you got time to try to figure out, you know, what the plays are. There you go. We got a little bit of inside scoop there. I'm glad I got some out of fish. You know, he tight with it. That's how them Steelers do it, man. They keep it tight to the vest. <laughs> you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Finney's Living Like It Matters. We're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back. Kelvin Fisher with me. Yeah, you know that. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. CoastToCoastMixTeams.com Stop that. I'll be listening to that music all day long. <laughs> this is the Rail of Sports and the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I have my special guest with me, my friend, your friend, Kelvin Fisher, scout with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have another special guest in the studio with me, too, and I'm going to get to her in the next segment because we're, we're going to talk about something a little different here. See, we're going to bring some, uh, we're going to share. We're going to do some uh, Title IX kind of thing here on, on the network here. Uh, but I have with me, uh, Andia Winslow, uh, who is a very good golfer. Some of you may have known her from uh, her days of, of playing golf. Some of you may have uh, known her from her days of uh, modeling, which uh, she does both. And we're going to bring her in uh, on the, our next segment here. But uh, I want to go back to, to Fish, and I, and I want to just uh, continue a little bit, if you will, about what we talked about. Uh, because, see, we, we talked about... Uh, you know, what teams may be successful, because I know the last strike that happened, you know, and I don't want to go way back because it's not about me, it's about the game. But those teams that did stay together, those players that got together, uh, were those that were successful. And, and, and we did some of that in Cleveland, and, and we were successful. Um, you talked about uh, just now who uh, perhaps maybe had the opportunity to take advantage of that when the players come to the door, we're going to give them some information, we're going to give them some playbooks, we're going to give them whatever. That might be to their advantage. That was something that happened in the draft the other day, and I missed this, and I'm going to see if you remember it. You know, I guess there was an issue with a draft pick or a draft trade that, that didn't go down with the Chicago Bears and maybe the Ravens. Did, did, you, did you hear anything about that, Fish? You know anything about it? Because I... I don't know if the time ran out and, and, and somebody was left holding the bag. Did, did they forgo that pick? Did they miss that pick? Did, did, do you remember? I know you were deep yeah, into yeah, your I, own I remember. Explain that to the fans so we can understand what the well, hell happened. I, I think it was a 26 pick, and it was Baltimore's pick. They was trying to trade, I believe, with Chicago, who had the 28th pick. Kansas City had the 27th pick. Baltimore called, and, and this is kind of what, what I got just off of uh, ESPN and whatnot, um, Baltimore calls Chicago, and when you're going to make a trade, you have to call the league office who's in New York at the time at the draft, and they'll they freeze the clock until you make that that trade, and then once that trade is made, then the clock starts again. Baltimore called the league office, from one of my understanding, and in, in, in Chicago, they had two guys on the phone. One dropped the ball because he thought the other guy was calling the league office. And the other guy was talking to Baltimore, so they didn't. Have, they never called the league office to say, "Hey, we're trading." Which the clock kept going. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, Kansas City jumped up, 
took Jonathan Baldwin. Was that the player that yeah, they that, wanted to actually take? So I'm assuming that, that that's who Kansas City wanted to take. Now I don't know. If no, I, was, I mean I don't know if that's who Baltimore yeah, wanted right, to take. Exactly. But obviously Baltimore was dropping, was trying to trade down to the 28th pick. So even if that was Baltimore's pick or who they wanted to take, Kansas City was going to get them anyway with the 27th pick. So that that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Now Chicago obviously was. With that twenty eighth pick, they drafted an offensive lineman. So obviously they was they were not trying to get Jonathan Baldwin as well. So I don't think Baltimore uh, lost a, lost who they wanted. Obviously Kansas City got who they wanted, and obviously Chicago got who they wanted. So at the end of the day, I think everyone got who they wanted. But did the Ravens actually get a chance to pick? And that's the spot? Ravens picked twenty seventh to the to the twenty sixth. They took Jimmy Smith with the twenty seventh pick. And was but Jamie Smith would have been there at the twenty sixth. I mean, what, so what was? I don't understand. Well, why were they upset? I I think I think Baltimore, Baltimore would have won out of the whole deal because obviously Chicago thought Kansas City was trying to get an offensive lineman. Okay, that's why they want to move up ahead of them. Right, and Baltimore. With that, with that trade, they would have got an extra pick somewhere because they. Oh yeah, they, you know okay, what I'm saying. Okay. That, that, that's so the they whole just trade end up to, they, they, they just ended up getting their pick. They ended up getting their pick, they but ended not up an their, additional pick, exactly. which they would have so been a Baltimore, trade. Oh, Baltimore lost out when it's all said and done, but they got the guy they wanted, right? Which right. is Jimmy Smith. But they didn't get that extra. But they didn't pick get that, that extra pick from Chicago because they would have traded. Right. So oh, Chicago wow. kind of is the Chicago won because they got their guy. And they kept their pick. And so, their second, they kept their whatever pick they was going to trade for. Okay, now let me ask you something. How come we can't have like an instant replay in this? Why can't, why can't we call a timeout in something like this? Because the game, I mean, that, that whole situation is, is too long. It's, it's, it's uh, you, you can't replay it. I mean, I think they try. I mean, you can't call a timeout. I mean, if, it, if, if, if it's. The only way you, you stop the clock is when you're negotiating a pick trade, a trade. Mm-hmm. So when you're negotiating a trade, they stop the clock because you got to negotiate a trade. So, mm-hmm. so for example, Baltimore might have been trading two picks down and they may receive Chicago's fourth round pick. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So all of that got to go into the league office so it's, the, it's a paper trail so that no one can say, no, this is when we agreed up. You know what I'm saying? You. I so by you. them not having to do it, the clock ran out on Baltimore. But when it's all said and done, it sound like, and, and I... Don't quote me. I don't know for sure, but it sounded like everyone got who they wanted, mm-hmm. and it sounded like Chicago was trying to trying to move ahead of Kansas City because they thought Kansas City was going to take the guy right. that they wanted. I got you. you know? I got you. So, but but they did. But the Ravens could have had an extra pick with that trade too, right? They, they, I mean, I'm sure yeah. they would. They, I mean, right. you got to have. Yeah, you was yeah. going to get something right. out of right. it to drop two right. spots down, which, which leads me into my next my next point that I want to talk to you about. Now, we you know everything is all you know. Fine and dandy right now. The draft is all over with. But but this draft was different than any draft that you've dealt with, I'm sure, because there was no veteran players that were moved on draft day. Am I correct? I mean, Correct, correct, because of the lockout. That's exactly right. So can you say that the fans and and those who love this game – you know, we we didn't get a hundred percent of what we usually get well, be- because of the lockout. Because you could, I mean, I mean, the lockout was a lockout, and that's what was going to happen. But normally, some players would be on some different teams because these trades and movement would have been packaged with some players. I, and I, this is the first time that ever didn't, didn't happen since you've been scouting for how many years now? Eleven, 11. 11 years. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, some trades would have led 
to some extra picks and, and things like that, of course. And that's, and that's some team strategy to get rid of some of the guys that they don't want to get extra picks and to get, mm-hmm. you know, some new guys in. So, yeah, I mean, does it hurt the fans? I don't necessarily think it hurts the fans because I think the fans watch the draft to see who their team is getting more than who their team is losing. But, but part, of the, part of the whole thing of, about how you get who you get is what you do to get that person. And it might include some well, draft picks and some players. Well, my thing is, is the draft, I, I think you just got to be smart about how you handle the draft. And when you, when you start throwing players in, you know, of course you're getting someone for, you know, you're getting a return. You know, if, if we trade one player, we're going to get another player for them. You know what I'm saying? Or we're going to get a player and some picks. But every draft you go into, you're not thinking like that. Because you don't necessarily know what team is willing to do that trade. So, I mean, sometimes... Do you only, do you only consider the trade on draft day? You, you're not making any, I, I any conversations you, with these people before? I don't think you're making any before? conversations beforehand. Unless, I mean... Oh, wow. You know, I, I just don't think... Like, so you're telling me you're sitting in the room and all of a sudden y'all say, okay, man, let, let's see if they'll take Ray and, 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 and this other thing with that... Why? So that's not so, so. The players on your board, if I, if I will here to interrupt you for one second, your board has all of the college players coming out. Right. You don't have anything over here. This category to the right, where these are players that we're willing to move on draft day as well to help us get what we need. There's no players that are. Oh, this is this is good bait because I'm a you know my favorite my my old team, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Kevin Cobb, if they moved him or not. At least we as fans was thinking that he was trade bait, but he couldn't. And so that's what we're thinking, that there's at least a category over here where these are some players we can help us, you know, to and, trade, and, to get what we want. And, and I think, I, I, well, I've never been in a draft room where we have players on the side saying, this is trade bait. You know what I'm saying? Now, Kevin Cobb, is he, he's going to get traded. I mean, they, I mean, they're probably going to find a way to trade him and get something. Now, it may be two picks for next year. Well, would he, would he have been traded on? I mean, I'm, you, we're not going to say him. I mean, because I'm going to throw right. Carson Palmer out there, too, right, who right. said he was going to retire if, he, if they didn't right. move him. You know, and I'm just thinking on draft day, those would have been two players those that would have been moved. Those are definitely, those are definitely trade, trade guys, but, I mean, I just don't think, I don't think Cincinnati went into the draft saying, hey, let's try to unload well we, well, we couldn't this it. year, but right. you but but you don't, you're telling me if it were not this lockout, we're not in place, which you you think uh, that that wouldn't even have been the case uh, at that I time. I think I think some of that would have been done a long time ago. Wow, that well, that, well that's interesting because I mean, a lot of times I mean, it does happen. The, right, those the free agency pro, when it yeah. kicks in, you move your move players. Up, right, and so I think that would have been done. A month before the draft. So on draft day, when there's ever there's a player that is a part of a current player that is a part of a uh, a trade or something, that was just something that was a part of that deal on that day. Now let me ask you: Do you throw them in, or do they ask for them? Um, and we're not talking about anybody today; just your experience I, I in just, the past. I, I I don't think I ever experienced it, and, and and I'm not in a I'm not in a pro department. I'm you know I'm strictly college. So I couldn't really answer that question because I don't know if there was any phone calls made mm-hmm. about those guys. I mm-hmm. mean, now if you're in a, if you're in a pro department, I'm sure you have more insight because you're you're actually talking to guys and they're and they're saying this guy may be going here. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you hear the buzz. Whereas, but as as far as a college scout, we don't really get into that. And on draft day, we're so focused on 
on our guy on on you know on our board and what we what we're going to try to do and, and we're hoping that everything falls in place right well you know and and we got a minute here but fish see you, you throw out this stuff here like everybody knows what the hell you're talking about now you you <laughs> said now you said now I, i'm college that that's not my thing you know if you're pro that is explain the difference well, real fast because we got about a minute explain the, that to these the college folks. the college scouts we go out and we hit the road and we actually go to these colleges and scout college players. Now, you have a department for the pro side of it, and they actually scout pro players. They, they scout all the free agents. I mean, if it's 200 free agents in the league, they're going to look at all 200 of those guys and, and try to come up with a plan on who they like and who they don't like. And, and if you want to sign one of them, you're going you're gonna to entertain them. Now, some of them, some of them are big price guys, so sometimes you may not want to dish out that much money for – you know, a pro guy, you know, so that's that's the difference between college and pro. Wow. You don't want to dish out that money. And there's going to be a whole lot of money that's going to be dished out here uh, pretty soon, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Fish, maybe you can help me on this one. Guys cannot actually receive. Now there's a lockout. Can they negotiate contracts? Now? Nothing can go on until the lockout is lifted. And so they've been drafted. And unlike some people like, you know, normally. Cam's deal would have already been done before they drafted him. He probably would have had his check by now. He'd most, be shopping. Most likely. Most likely. Yeah. Wow. Cam I mean, you know Sam Bradford was done before the draft. He was know. shopping. Right. So don't go to the mall. Don't go to, go, <laughs> go to Carolyn looking for Cam because he ain't going to be there because he ain't got his money yet. Listen, I think I, I got to take a break here. I hear some music. Uh, We're going to come back because there's a lot of guys, they shopping or they may not be shopping. But a lot of them are doing something they don't need to be doing because they're they not good. Right. They're trying to play golf. We got a real golfer here with us. We'll be back with Andia Winslow in a second after this break. That would be me, right? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice. Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. OK, 
Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail and Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And let me just say one thing. Uh, it's been a while since I, I had my show, which was last Tuesday, and I didn't get a chance uh, because it had not yet happened. But I, I certainly want to uh, uh, pay honor and respect, and my prayers go out to all those folks down in Mississippi and Alabama uh, with um, you know such devastation uh, in terms of uh, losing their loved ones uh, through due to um, uh, one of the worst tornadoes I think in history. So I just want to acknowledge that. And uh, my man, uh, Ron Stacy, uh, was down there and helping out and doing all that he could. But uh, want to move on and let's move on to a, a brighter note. And that brighter note is, uh, listen, me and Fish, honest, we 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 don't have we don't have game. I, I don't have game. <laughs> Not when it comes to golf, I don't have game. And I'm gonna be honest with that. I'm born and raised in Canton, Ohio. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, Renee Powell and her dad had game, and they introduced me to the game. And so um, it is my honor to uh, introduce to all of you a young lady uh, who plays the game much better than I do, ever will, um, mm-hmm. Andia Winslow. Hey, Ray. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Listen, we, you know, we've been having a conversation off the air, and I'm not sure if that's where I, I want to go. But first of all, I just want you, if you will, just to introduce yourself, tell folks about what you're doing nowadays. Uh, first of all, this is not just uh, a young lady uh, uh, that just golfs. There's much more to her life than just golf. And in case you're wondering, yeah, that bloodline is a part of who she is, uh, the, the, the great Kellen Winslow uh, senior and uh, the damn good uh, Kellen Winslow Jr., uh, who's playing football. Uh, obviously, her uncle and her first cousin. So, uh, with that being said, uh, tell us how you're entertaining the world today. Because I know you're doing it on the golf course and in print. So, right. Well, I, I first want to follow up with what you said about my family. I'm very proud to be a Winslow, and that's part of why I am who I am. The support of my family to get me where I am is just uh, I couldn't ask for anything better in this world. So. Thank you, Winslow family. Yeah, he made my life kind of hard for a game or two. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I'm a professional golfer, as you mentioned, and uh, I live here in Arizona. I'm training here and preparing for tour school in the fall, which is for the LPGA Tour. I play competitively now, and uh, in addition, I'm a certified fitness professional, and I do model, and I'm an author as well. So I'm just trying to get it all in and merge the creative, intellectual, and athletic lives that I lead. Now, you mentioned all that, too, and you, you forgot to mention the fact that this young lady is smart as hell, too. She is a Yale <laughs> graduate. I have the utmost respect for Yale University. One of my mentors, shout out to Charlie Weatherspoon, uh, one of my former teammates, too, uh, when I played for Philadelphia Eagles, uh, tight end John Spagnola. So much respect for the Ivy Leagues. But how do you have time to do all this? You, you do five things, you know, it's like, I, I, this is a little joke here now, but it's like, the, you know, the show used to be on TV. You got five <laughs> jobs, mom. <laughs> you know, how, how do you how do come all I know this? you're going to go there? Yeah, though. <laughs> wow. How do you how do you do that? Uh, I think as you get older and you mature and kind of understand what balance means, you realize how important it is. And uh, I've been married to the game before, and that didn't necessarily make me the most happy person because when I did not perform well on the course, it affected my relationships off the field with my family and friends, and I just wasn't a very happy person. When I played well, I was a very happy person. I realized that that wasn't healthy. 
And uh, so there's more to you than just golf. So, but but, but you could also be married to modeling because obviously, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm looking at you. You could be married to modeling as as well as you know to the fitness side. So you just decided that you loved all these things. So you're gonna give all these things a little bit of time. I'm married to balance now. Okay, and uh, I've never been in a happier place in my life uh, because I just am balanced. I've got the right people on my team. I surround myself with the right people and positive influence, and that's that is. The, the difference maker in my life and I'm sure in other folks' lives as well. Now, you live here in the area. You grew up what part of the country? I was raised in Seattle, Washington, Pacific Northwest. Now, now let me ask you, how does an African-American young lady in Seattle, Washington end up at Yale University? Uh, I think just the pedigree of the academic choices my parents helped make for me uh, going to a prep school and then my mom's people are from Philly in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, shout out to Philly, <laughs> yeah. okay. And my dad's people are from East St. Louis, Missouri. So I was raised in East Seattle. Saint, uh-oh, East St. Louis. <laughs> 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 I don't know about that. Uh, hey, yeah. those are smart folks, but ooh, okay. All that's right, why we ahead. have the character we have, see? That's right. <laughs> that's where the character comes in. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and uh, my grandfather was in the military. So I was raised in Seattle, but I was raised with kind of a more... Uh, East Coast or I guess a more a different sensibility than a lot of folks who live in the Pacific Northwest we were laid back yes but there was progression there there was responsibility and legacy building uh, themes in the way I was raised and I think that's that's uh, true for anyone raised in the Midwest or, in the, or back east. Now, you, you mentioned balanced in your life, and, and I can certainly appreciate that because, as a matter of fact, uh, a little bit earlier, I was working on uh, a document that I'm sending to the NFL alumni of which they're asking for information as we look back on our lives of what we have done differently, um, you know, to to prepare our lives for life with, without, without football, you know, uh, and that transition and things of that nature. Let me ask you something because, I, and this man sitting here will probably attest to this, uh, nowadays, the National Football League is trying to get more of the players' time instead of less mm-hmm. to to enhance the product on the field. With that balance in your life, that's something that I don't think they really want to give us. You know, it's something that when you can worry about what you're going to do after you finish playing when you finish playing. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing, they want you to spend as much time as you possibly can to improve your skill set, mm-hmm. to make the product better. Uh, you've got such a balanced life. Are, are you cheating any part of your life? Because if you want to be, and I know you want to be one of the greatest golfers that ever played the game, do you need to put more time into that golf game? Well, here's something else I'll say about that directly. Golf is one of the most expensive sports to play, especially on the professional level. So in order to pay for this, I have to have balance. To, I have to have a job. So modeling is a type of job, for example, where I can have extreme flexibility and make money. Because if you don't have a sponsorship at the beginning of the year, you got to pay up front for a lot of these tournaments. I mean, a $1,000 entry fee is no joke. If I don't have the money to pay in advance, then all my expenses are going to be more expensive, travel and training and things like this. So in order to pay for golf as a profession, I have to work. Well, you know, that's interesting you say that because, as I said, off the air, we were having a conversation. Of course, we were talking a little bit about Title IX Mm -hmm. and and, and what that is and how that affects, you know, college athletes, uh, and particularly the the diversity thing of what we're looking at and to make sure that there's balance in terms of men and women opportunities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does the opportunity in college, obviously, for, for men, it prepares them to get them ready for the next level. Does it do the same at the college level? Sure. I mean, imagine it does. I mean, Title IX, the whole point in 1972 when it was enacted was for, it was a federal law that prohibited discrimination in an academic sense, and it allowed athletic opportunities for women and girls in college and in high school. So 
Title Nine is is imperative for. Really, Title IX is is a bigger societal issue than it is about sports. Yeah, but what it does, if I'm not mistaken here, it, it also creates a platform that gets you a springboard to that next level. Because if there's no college golf, sure, then you don't get because in sure. college golf, your scholarship pays for it, so you get to play. Sure. I'm asking, do you get to play enough to propel you to that next level of which now I should be able to pick up a sponsor? Or is there not enough? There does need to be more golf played at the college level? Or I think it does. I think there are plenty of examples of folks who have been successful in college uh, at the bigger schools, but at a school like Yale, not so much. Uh, also for women, there's no equity. So you've got people. I remember when Meg Mallon won the Open, she didn't even have a hat sponsor. This woman won. She's the best player in the world at that time for the national championship, international championship, didn't have a hat sponsor. Now, you go to the PGA Tour, whoever won the U.S. Open, you know they had millions of dollars in sponsorship. There's no equity. So that equity trickles down to the high school level, college level. So um, I think that, yes, it does provide opportunities, but there needs to be a step further in understanding there's no equity in even payout in purses except for in uh, tennis in the Open, for Okay, example. now let me say this to you as well, uh, and, and this is just business. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, when you look at the game itself, that women's basketball, that's one thing about it. Fish may agree or dif- disagree on this. When women's basketball at the professional level, they're fundamentally sound. In fact, some of their fundamentals are better than the I NBA agree. players. I agree. When we look at golf, is the, is the golf Same game, thing. is it going to be, you're, you're going to be as good as fundamentally sound as the professionals? I mean, are we going to see somebody out there? Maybe we don't want to throw Tiger in this. Well, Tiger's not the best player in the world anymore. <laughs> so possibly there <laughs> be some women that are close to that. But right. you know what I mean. Are the best women going to be close to the best men? Is it going to be as entertaining and as and engaging as when I'm Depends watching Depends on what you mean by entertaining and engaging. I mean, when you go to Competitive. Competitive. Yeah, and, it and, is competitive. And especially when you've got folks who are going to these schools like the David Ledbetter School and their federations from other countries are paying for them to basically be professionals since the time they're out We the just world. saw one of the greatest masters that there ever was with Tiger very comp- made it a very competitive mm-hmm. game right down to the wire and he, we thought he made and it just fell apart. Are we seeing those kind of matches in the women's? We are. We are. Uh, increasingly there's a lot of young girls who are, who've got the total package and they're being bred and I think bred is the right word. So there are those competitive matches. You don't have one player running away. There, there is competition at the top. You did have the retirement of Lorena Ochoa and Annika Sorenstam, obviously, but there are people who are filling their shoes. Yanni Singh from uh, Taiwan. I mean, this girl is a beast. I mean, mm. she's making it competitive. You love to watch her because she's powerful and she has finesse. Uh, and, she's, and a lot of these players have character. Um, they engage with the sponsors and the people on the sidelines. They talk to the little girls and little boys watching them play. That's what sport is about. People forget sport is entertainment. That's the whole purpose of sport. You're not out there playing. You are an entertainer. You are an entertainer. If you don't engage with the crowds, then what's the point? The female golfers on the LPGA Tour, they are entertainers, and they're doing their job properly, in my estimation. Well, I'm sure you're doing yours correctly. And listen, why don't you tell people where they can find you got so much going on, but there's a particular <laughs> website where yes. you have this video, this workout video that I think, <laughs> I think is uh, killing men or something. No, like no, that. no. Don't <laughs> you start on rumors. Don't start your rumors. you got some good stuff Ray out there. Ellis, you don't you start your rumors. Good stuff. Tell them where they can find it at. <laughs> tell them where they can find that stuff at. Okay, I've got a personal website that's ondiawinslow.com. Uh, you can also find me on my YouTube channel, which is a fitness channel please spell Andia for them okay. because there's a lot of people like me that I, I got it written down here I'm not going to tell you how I wrote it but all right Andia is spelled A-N-D-I-A Winslow W-I-N-S-L-O-W uh, my YouTube channel is A-Dub 365 that's A-D-U-B 365 I'm on Facebook I'm on Twitter my handle is at Andia Winslow if you want to issue me a challenge you know I've got a 44 inch vertical if you want to you know come up and do something crazy 
Ooh. I see y'all looking at me crazy. You didn't watch the video, did you? Hey, Standing I vertical, not, a, I'm not looking, a runner. I'm looking at Fish's reaction because, see, he, he takes those measurables. Oh, that's that's right. his job. Yep. You know? So he impressed, you know. Yeah. And, and you run a 200, too, now. I run a 200, and uh, I just, I thank God every day for my genes. I know it's it's nature or nurture, but I think there's a lot of nature in my bloodline, and I'm proud of it. So well, you're taking care. Of, you're taking care of it too. Listen, I appreciate you coming on, and you and I are going to have to talk a little bit more because th- this woman has so much to offer, and, and certainly uh, in the way of golf. And and I don't have a golf show here, so we're going to talk about that. So hey, hey, no. uh, I see I got 15 seconds. I, I want to thank my man Kelvin Fisher, as always, you know, for coming in the studio and and educating us. And and I will continue to bring him in, and he and I will get back and, and finish, and we'll talk about some other stuff. Andia Winslow, yes, thanks, that's her. She can do it all. If you want to see it, you know, she told you where to go, so check her out. She's going to be back on the show with me one day, too. Thank you very much for listening. You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Peace.